Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with the Daily VR Investing Podcast. Hope everybody had a great day today. What a day it was in the markets. Another day of uh, big gains today. Uh, and this is really what we've been talking about here. Look, we came out of a... Well, let's talk for a second about this. Russia, 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 right? Oh, my goodness. The, the news today, I'm going to cover that in just a minute because it's just... It, it's, it's stunning the way things have played out. If you've been listening here, exactly like we said it would. It, pretty much because we, we trusted Russia. I mean, if I'm being honest, I've got a couple experts here that I listen to that said, trust what Russia is saying, and we did, and guess what? It's happened exactly like they said it would. I'll, I'll cover that in a minute because the propaganda in this country, it really, it just, it makes, it makes watching the media here unwatchable besides a few programs, as you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but again, move higher continues. We've got massive fund flows coming in. Again, we're starting a new, a new month, a new quarter here this week. And uh, of course, that always results in Big fund flows into equities from uh, pensions, 401ks, etc. And the share buybacks are, 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 are going through the roof. I think I saw over a trillion dollars already committed uh, this year. Matter of fact, I know that's the case because it's expected to be another record year for share buybacks in the U.S. Same thing, by the way, is taking place in Europe. Uh, less talked about than here, but I, I saw uh, yesterday there's about $350 billion. Uh, and I, that, that may have been euros, but... Less, less, less than here, but still a large amount, a record amount of share buybacks also happening in Europe. And they politically frown on those more than they do here because, of course, it's, it's much more of a state-run system than they have here. The controls by the government are pretty overwhelming uh, throughout Europe. Not the case, of course, not as bad here and nothing like it's now becoming in Canada, which is uh, uh, the Chinification uh, is, has found its way to North America in the, uh, in the country of Canada, of course which is just really sad and pathetic to see. But, it, but it's happening, and we have to be alert to it. Um, but these fund flows are incredibly bullish at this time of year. Seasonality remains, again, highly bullish. Selling may go away. It's not for a little ways away. Um, and uh, so good day today. Let's talk about that first. Dow Jones, uh, I think the market's finished pretty much at the highs of the day. I, I didn't watch every tick today, but this feels like it's right near the highs. Dow Jones... Up, uh, matter of fact, the Dow Jones was up 338 points. It was our loser on the day. To give you an idea of the strength here, Dow Jones up right at 1% today. Our winner um, was uh, Russ 2000. Big day today, up 2.7%. Been a real yo-yo there. And second place was NASDAQ, up a big 1.8% today. That's 264 points in NASDAQ. And finally, SP 500, up 1.2%. Uh, Tyler's reminding me we're getting... SP 500 has been above its 200-day moving average now. I think today's a third third or fourth day in a row. And that's great. We want to see seven straight days before we're, we're willing to say uh, that's, a, that's a done deal. I don't know we're going to get there. I don't know we're going to get there. We're working on a strategy now we're going to use here in the VRA. And I'll go ahead and I'll explain it to you as well. Uh, but first, let me just tell you what, what's happening here with the markets. Because all these indexes now, you know, coming back from uh, first shots fired, right, the panic lows, they held up, and, and now we're moving back above the 200-day. Not all indexes. The NASDAQ still not above the 200-day. Russell 2000 not above the 200-day. Dow Jones got back above it today. Still a lot of damage done, of course. The bigger concern for us is that we're now reaching extreme overbought levels on some of our VR8 momentum oscillators. Now, normally, that's not a sell signal. It's just a reason not to buy. This could be a sell signal, folks, because... 
over the last year, you know, you, you got to flip the script a little bit here, okay? Uh, we, we're now in downtrends. We are in downtrends now. And as much as we're bullish long-term and medium-term in this market, there's still, we think, some backing and filling, I think at least. I think Tyler agrees with me on this. There's going to be some backing and filling that's going to take place before we're ready to say we've got a, a real tradable low here. I, I Just me, I'd love to get a double bottom. I'd love to see a retest. I don't think, I really don't think it's going to happen. This market, the, the internals have been so much better. The foundational strength of this market has just been much, much better. And the way it's reacted off of first shots fired, I mean, it's pretty much been textbook post first shots fired. And that's, that's war, war happens to be bullish for stocks. Guess what else is bullish for stocks? Fed rate hikes, right? So all the things that you wouldn't necessarily think, you stop the average person on the street and you tell them, okay, we got war going on and we got the Fed's hiking rates. They say they want to do it like nine more times this year. What do you think the market's going to do? And every, to a T, to a person, every 10 out of 10 people would say, oh, that means stocks have to go lower. And it's just not the case. You know, the, the market, use, not, not usually, the market seems to always do what it can hurt the most people by doing. And it makes it such a crazy thing to have to navigate day to day. And, you know, you get too close to the trees to see the forest and you lose, you lose sight of what matters. But, again, what's, 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 Troubling us a little bit here, not yet. I mean, again, we're, we're probably going to go higher until end of the month, beginning of the month, all these fund flows coming in. And again, seasonality is still good. But over the last year, when we've hit this level of extreme overbought on stochastics, that's been the primary short-term driver of a reversal lower. It just has. And I think in this setup, I think the bears are salivating. I think the bears are salivating. If I, if I was a bear, if I was a short seller, I would wait for a sign of the turn on April the 1st. I might wait till April the 2nd for confirmation, but I wouldn't wait long because I think the reversal could be sharp. And that's kind of how we're going to play it. Uh, I think the shorts are ready for this. And the, right now they're long. And, you know, this is the way, this is the way, this is the way <laughs> this is how you have to play this right now is to be on the long side, at least for a couple more days. A uh, lot, lot of interesting things happened today. Inverted yield curve finally took place today. You know, we had inversions, inversions, all these inversions have been taking place. And today, the yesterday we got the fives and thirties, right? The five-year uh, inverted the thirty. That was the first time it happened since not 2008. Since 2008. No, what, 13, 14 years ago. Today, we got the biggie. The two years, the two-year converted, uh, inverted over the 10-year, which meant the two-year yield surpassed the yield on the 10-year. I didn't check the close here. I don't have it right in front of me. I don't think it's still there now. I think it was a brief inversion, but it did happen. And as everybody probably knows, uh, every recession that's taken place since 1950 has happened when the two-year has inverted with the 10-year. But there's also been a lot of times we didn't have a recession that that, that happened too. And so I, there's no reason in the short term, there, there's absolutely zero reason to be worried about this. Right? There's just no reason whatsoever. It, the the inversion says you'll you'll get a recession in six to eighteen months. That's what it says. Markets tend to go higher after inversions. So there's a lot of positives that come with inversions. So, and we're seeing it right now in the markets, aren't we? So we're not worried about it. But there are a lot of ways to play this that do make sense, right? Look at what's leading right now. Tech. Look at what's been happening in the precious metals and miners. I'll talk about that more in a moment. 
these are buy signals for this group. And I'll tell you the reason why, which is not a reason that most people would think, but in our modern day world of financial engineering, folks, this is the way, this is, again, this is the way. And I'll explain it to you in a second, because we saw just a really pretty amazing moves higher today off the lows in energy, and, uh, and, and most particularly in precious metals. You know, uh, we saw the miners open up with sharp losses today, finishing with sharp gains today. And so when the, when the underlying commodity is down, but, the, uh, but the, the, the miners, the equity underneath it, go higher, again, these are tells. These are big, important tells. And I want to talk about it more in a minute. We've got a lot to talk about today, don't we? First, I have to get into this Russia-Ukraine stuff because I read about it this morning. Look, nobody likes to know it all, okay? And I don't want to be that guy. But this is exact, exactly what I said would happen five weeks ago. Exactly what's happening now. Russia said, if you invite NATO into Ukraine, we ain't going to allow it. It's just not going to happen. In no world is it going to happen. I mean, they made that very clear for decades. So when uh, finally, uh, you know, uh, Zelensky and his pals made enough uh, appearances for a couple of years, really, and said, no, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. You know, eventually their patience wore out. They gave him a deadline. Zelensky wouldn't back down. And so here we go. Russia invades. I mean, it was by the book, right? And then all the talking heads on TV. Yeah, you heard them. You know what I'm talking about. Russia's not going to stop at eastern Ukraine. They're going to take every, they're going to take the whole country. They're going to take Kiev. They're going to take the whole country. And they won't stop there because Putin's Hitler. And then he's going to go throughout throughout Europe. So, look, I guess anything can still happen. But that ain't going to happen, folks. Because Putin is not Hitler. Okay? These talking heads on TV are saying, really, if they had any shame, they would be so embarrassed they wouldn't go back on TV. But they don't. That's not how these people think and operate. It's just a game to them. And propaganda is what their career is made of now. So that's why the media is so impossible to watch. But we told you then... This was going to happen this way, and it has. And now, you saw the news today, again, another reason the markets are higher today, on optimism of a peace deal between Russia and Ukraine. All of a sudden, here we go, the, peace, the, 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 the negotiators saying, yeah, we, uh, we're, we're, we're thinking that what Ukraine's going to do is pledge not to join uh, any military alliance like NATO or to allow military bases on Ukraine soil. So <laughs> exactly what Putin and Russia said. Exactly. What they said they didn't want to see happen is now not going to happen. That's going to be part of the negotiated peace agreement, should it actually come through. Uh, it may take a little time, you know. I doubt it's going to be immediate. I think there'll probably be some more skirmishes, et cetera, because they want, to, they want, to, they want this wag the dog to play out a little further, right? They, they need a little more political juice from it. And you know they're not done raising money, okay? Ukraine's already got 14 <laughs> the most corrupt country on the planet. Has already gotten $14 billion of our money. It's just, it, it is sickening. It really is sickening. And the, they want to try to milk that cow a little bit more. And, but it's not just the $14 billion, folks. They've also got billions in advanced military weaponry. Not just U.S., from all over. You see all the countries. Canada basically said we're out of, a, we're out of a ammo, we're out of equipment because we sent it all to Ukraine. Uh, it, is, uh, it, it, is, it is craziness, isn't it? It is insanity. Uh, but anyway, the, 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 the kicker to all that, of course, is we know uh, from Hunter Biden's laptop that 10% goes to the big guy. 10% of the top goes to the big guy. So 
I don't know, let's say let's say Ukraine's got a total of $20 billion so far. We'll round up a little bit, round down, whatever the case would be. That's $2 billion for, for the big guy. That's $2 billion for Biden and his offshore accounts. How do they have it structured? And uh, I, I would imagine a lot of it's in Bitcoin. That's how they, that's how they filter a lot of this money in the past, through foundations, through uh, maybe Panamanian corporations, et cetera, LLCs that aren't trackable. And they're still not trackable, by the way. So, um, look, we were skeptical and very dubious from day one. It played out exactly, exactly as we thought it would. And at the end of the day, this is communist helping communists. Putin gets a win out of it. He gets eastern Ukraine, which is already Russian. They speak Russian. They're loyal to Russia. They're loyal to Putin. He gets eastern Ukraine along with Crimea. Zelensky gets richer. They're already oligarchs. They don't care about the people. They're just pawns to them. You, you, people don't matter to these megalomaniacs. And again, if the media would just cover it straight up, how nice would that be? Just to make that point, you know? Uh, they, they love to play up the angle of, oh, look at these poor people being killed. They don't give a shit. They could not care less about people in Ukraine. These megalomaniacs are about power and money and all the evil that comes with it from the approach they use with it. And that's just the truth of it, folks. That's just the God's honest truth of it right there. And uh, the fact that not a single me- major mainstream media station in this country will repeat that is reason enough right there that should all go to hell and we should never watch them again. You know, that's why I've been so excited, a lot of us have, about Trump media. Maybe get some honest media in this country uh, that can cover this stuff straight up. I, although, I'll believe that when I see it too. I mean, who has not been corrupted, right? Um, and the one more thing I'm going to cover on this. I thought I was talking about this. You may already know this. I did not know this until very recently. Since 1999, guess which country has, is number two for the receipt of foreign aid from the United States. You already know what I'm going to say, right? It's Ukraine. Since 1999, Ukraine's number two of getting taxpayer money, U.S. taxpayer money, okay? Why? I have no idea. Well, we do know. So they can launder it. Because also, guess who's donated the most money to the Clinton Foundation over that same time frame? You got it. Ukraine. So it's a a money laundering operation. It's a money laundering operation. Taxpayer money to Ukraine gets washed, laundered back out to the Clinton Foundation, back to all their uh, all their folks. That's how these people get so wealthy, and that's the crime of all this, you know. And this is why, from the beginning, I've said that no, hell no, there's no, there's absolutely zero chance I'm going to join Team Ukraine, because Team Ukraine consists of people like Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, Bill and Hillary Clinton and the and the Clinton Foundation, Barack Obama. And whatever money they're they're tied up in, all of these criminal, criminal elements. Okay, the worst of us, right? The elite ruling class. That is Team Ukraine, and it's why from the beginning it was a very easy decision for all of us. I believe listening to this podcast today, there's like you know what, I'm not going to join Team Russia because I don't trust them either. But I sure as hell am never going to join Team Ukraine. And now every Republican. Every Republican in D.C., standing ovations, give them $14 billion. I mean, it really is just sickening, and they've just sold us that again. You know, we have the Uniparty, and then we have a few people like Rand Paul and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates, and, of course, Trump and, 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 and Ron DeSantos. But as far as D.C., we have a few of them that will stand up and do the right thing that, that genuinely seem to want to be there for the right reasons. And the rest, it is – Trump nailed it. It's the swamp. It's just a swamp. And uh, we deserve better, man. This is a great country. This is a great country. We deserve better. I don't know what it's going to take uh, to make a real change here, but 
I know, I know what's not going to make it happen, complacency. And going along with bullshit like being on Team Ukraine and these, these Ukrainian flags. <laughs> oh, I just can't even, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine that anyone I would know would put a Ukraine flag on their social media page or even support this nonsense. I mean, I just, I don't think I know those people. I, I don't know the, the, the same people that put masks in their profiles. They're the exact same. There's those people. These are all the same people. Um, and uh, let's just say, you know, uh, we're from different planets. How about that? Uh, okay. Soapbox is over. Inverted yield curve today. I want to talk about this real quick because it does have ramifications for precious metals and miners. Obviously, tech is leading here. Semis have been on fire. Uh, tech as well again is letting in today. What's not being talked about is why that's happening. And I want to talk about specifically about why this group, I'm talking precious metals and miners, has been on a tear and is about to really go on a tear. Remember, gold just got crashed. They just crashed gold because of, again, peace breaking out, you know, with Ukraine and Russia. And the, the, the flight to safety trade, the safe haven trade uh, is not necessary, right? That was the theory. Well, something happened after the open because the miners opened up down uh, over 3%. And then, boom, that was the bottom. That was the low. The miners, GDX today, once again, after opening lower, sharply lower, finished up 1.3% today. Now, that may not sound like a whole lot, but folks, gold just got smashed, what, 50 bucks, 60 bucks. The low this morning in gold was 1888. You know, it wound up closing back over, not well over 1900, but they cracked it. The same thing happened, by the way, to energy. They cracked it, it bounced right back. Oil finished down, just barely down on the day. Energy stocks, same thing. So these are the signs of strength that you want to see you know, uh, to tell you that uh, this relative strength in these groups, it continues. And that's a very good sign if you're bullish this group as we are. But specifically to precious metals and miners, and I, I did a little Twitter contest on this. And my question was, what's the reason that the inverted yield curve is so incredibly bullish for precious metals and miners? Okay. I, ultimately, here's that reason. It means we're going to have more QE. And more stimulus. What drives, what has driven the biggest bull markets we've had in this group over the last 20 years? It's, it's not a close second. It's been QE and stimulus, right? So the market's already telling you, yeah, okay, the Fed's going to hike rates to get control of inflation. Now the yield curves are telling us, yeah, they might get control of it, but they're going to send the economy into recession. And then what's the back end of that look like? The back end looks like more QE. Right? More rate cuts, more stimulus. And what does all that mean? That's why precious metals and miners should be owned. Folks, mirror image of 2004. Not, not, not 100%, but such a great similar setup. 2004, the Fed was hiking rate, getting ready to hike rate 17 straight times, right? 17 straight times, in case you're wondering how the housing crash took place. Well, there it is. Had nothing to do with uh, with lenders that uh, couldn't pay back their loans. Well, ultimately that was the case uh, because of the uh, the adjustable rate mortgages, but had everything to do with the Fed crashing the market with seventeen straight rate hikes in two, in two years. Unbelievable, right? Uh, but they did it, and <laughs> then the Wall Street wound up owning uh, the uh, the U.S. economy more more than ever before, and of course the big banks. But that's when the miners took off. And one of the reasons the miners soared in that time frame is they knew on the back end because the market's always smarter. The market knows. The market knows. Folks, remember, remember we had the, uh, the repo cri reverse repo crisis 
2018, 2019, it was sniffing out coronavirus. It already knew. Now you could say, okay, so it was a pandemic anyway. That means central banks, they were the ones selling. They're the reasons that all the, the trouble took place in reverse. They were the ones flooding the market with liquidity. And you know what? Yeah, that's probably true. But that, we'll never know that answer. What we do know is that the markets are the best discounting mechanism they are. There, there is. They give you that advance head up. And I believe we can extrapolate this, folks. We saw it in 2004. We saw it again in 2009 with QE and stimulus. We saw it again in 2016 with the first, uh, first uh, rate hikes happened. The markets know that in today's world of financial engineering, once the rate hikes start, then on the back end of it, there's going to be a recession and more QE, more stimulus, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. This is when the biggest moves happen in precious metals and miners. I think we're at the birth of a massive bull market in this group. Continue to recommend. Again, you don't ever want to get too crazy in one investment in one group. But, you know, this is, we pound the table on something we're very passionate about because we think it's the way people should be positioned. So it's, it makes up a large percentage, 60-some-odd percent of our portfolio right now is in precious metals, miners, energy, related names, okay, value stocks. We feel very good about that mix. And uh, the rest of it is tech and growth. So uh, we, like, we think it's a great mix right now. It's a 60-40 mix. It's just, uh, it's just inverted, okay? Uh, instead of bonds and stocks, it's 60-40 value, value to growth. And we like that. Uh, and I think it'll make sense for people, help you make some money over the years, we also have some other strategies to walk you through, uh, taking 20% of your profits, putting it, putting into physical gold and silver. This is what we teach our members here, and we're about to get very, very serious with that strategy to make sure we're prepared on the back end for what happens on the back end of all this in four or five years when the really big top occurs, when the cycle top occurs, okay, which we see is either 2017, excuse me, 2027 to about 2030 in that time frame. But before that happens... 2004, folks, if this is the mirror image of 2004, we got a massive move higher coming in precious metals and miners and in equities. Okay, and you just, again, at that point, it becomes a sector game and owning the right stocks. Right? You always have to own the right stocks and the right sectors. That's kind of what, that's kind of what our, our thing is here. Um, one more thing. I, I posted this on Twitter today. Man, another big tell for miners is when they're going parabolic, when they're really outperforming the underlying commodity, gold and silver itself. You should look at the chart I posted because, first of all, the miners started outperforming gold last October. That was the first sign, okay, something's changed here. But man, look at, the, look at it now. Because from the beginning of February, so we're, we're what, we'll, call it, we'll call it two months, you've had two months of significant outperformance from the miners to gold, the underlying commodity. And that is that relative strength uh, outperformance. That is a classic buy signal for the miners. So again, just want to put that out there as well. Um, what else today? Oh, let's take one look under the hood today. We had um, uh, oh, yeah, let's take a look at the internals today. Again, very good internals today. Again, this has been a pattern. It's a repeating pattern of much better internals. And on days like this, really good internals. Today, NASDAQ, three to one positive. On the advanced decline, three to one positive, outstanding day today. Volume today, wow, what is that? It's five to one, five to one positive. One second, let me just run. All right, 83% up volume day, 
83% of volume day for NASDAQ. That's outstanding. And for NYSE, uh, 80, not 79%. Again, outstanding. You want to see 80 there, but again, very, 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 very good numbers. Advanced decline. Also, advanced decline for NYSE was, what's that? Six, four to one positive. These are great numbers. These are great numbers all the way. Even, even when the new 52 week high low came in positive. And when's the last time that happened? I think it's been a long time. Not, not by a whole lot, but you know what? That's improvement. But again, we're taking the day at a time. I told you what we're thinking about the end of this quarter and how we're going to play it here. Come and join us. We'll show you exactly what we're going to do. Probably going to use a volatility ETF is what we're thinking right now. Uh, and then in parabolic options, we'll do something different. But come check it out. Uh, two, three weeks. VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. Um, in our uh, sector watch today, we had, uh, of course, 11 x 500 sectors. We had uh, 10 finished higher, one finished lower. Energy, again, made a big comeback today. Like I said, oil was down. Oil hit 98.59 this morning at the open and closed at 105.38. That's a big reversal. And it just tells you, I think it confirms what we've been saying is, boy, oil's going higher. Yeah, Russia, Ukraine, whatever, oil is going higher. The supply-demand internals of this are just off the charts bullish. And even if oil goes down, oil stocks are going higher. That's how we're really playing it here, okay? That's where the leverage is. They're, uh, again, 50%, at least 50% under value, basic price to cash flow multiples. Same thing you can say for the miners as well. It doesn't matter. It, even though we expect gold and silver and, and oil prices and, get, and gas prices to go higher, it frankly doesn't matter. The stocks are that cheap. It's a big reason to own this group, folks. I think it also helps you sleep well at night, knowing you own a group that is just fundamentally cheap. And also, fundamentally, a great group to own based on the macro story, right? Um, to the upside today, um, real estate up 3% and tech also up 2% today. Tyler also pointed out, this is interesting, kind of goes in uh, kind of along with our thinking of the market reaching a short-term top here in the next two, three days. The fear and greed index, remember it was 17, right? It was 17, extreme fear, uh, first shots fired. 55 today, 55, pretty big comeback. Uh, also, put call ratio, again, interesting, also supportive of higher prices in the near term. Put call ratio today closed at 0.94, was up, up at 0.90 or better. All That's elevated. That means even with this move higher, you get a lot of people buying puts. I wouldn't do that here. I wouldn't. I, not with all the money coming in the next couple of days uh, for, uh, first, for, for the beginning of a new quarter and a new month. But you can tell how traders are thinking. They want to get short this market. Uh, but anyway, that's elevated. That's that's bullish short term. It just is. Uh, what else today? Oh, Tyler was pointed out. I think interesting point here. Uh, he likes to he tracks all the global indexes closely, and Latin America and Brazil are trading at fifty two week highs. But you think about it, right? Commodity exposure, energy exposure, all ag exposure, the things that they export the most, right? Guess who else does that? That's Russia. That's Russia. They're they're printing money, folks. They're printing money hand over fist. When all this is done, there'll be some. I'm telling you, amazing buying opportunities when these stocks start trading again. Again, join us. We're going to point you in the right direction. And we've got a list of two or three, uh, at least a couple, I say. That we're going to add to the portfolio and then just forget about them. You know, buy them and forget about them. Uh, don't even think about selling them for a couple of years and maybe longer. Uh, but I think we get the confirmation. From what we're seeing in Latin America and Brazil, with their, their markets barely being phased by Russia, Russia, Russia this time around, okay? Um, and our uh, commodity watch today, 
Uh, again, we covered oil a little bit there, but today gold, uh, again, got smashed early, trading down to a low of uh, 18, uh, yeah, 1888. Uh, but the, it finished at, at right now, 1923. That's down $20 an ounce. Silver today also got smashed at the open, uh, down to 24, but closed at 24.92 an ounce, down 27 cents an ounce. Copper, uh, been a rock through all this really. Closed up a couple cents a pound today at four seventy five a pound, not too far away from all time highs right there. Love that group as well. And uh, again, oil today uh, only closing down fifty eight cents a barrel at one hundred five thirty eight after dropping to ninety eight and change at the open. And finally for the day, Bitcoin uh, down five sixty at forty nine thousand four hundred and nine. All right, folks, I had a lot to cover today. I hope I got hope uh, hope 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 it made some sense to you. As always, we appreciate you being here. Appreciate your questions, your feedback, and we'd love the opportunity to work with you. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you back tomorrow after the close.